And there we go, everyone. We are back again for another fantastic conversation on Friday Night Counter-Attack. And it's basically another game of Grace's teammates that we played earlier this summer with the amazing Sara Pararia all the way from Canada, from Room 442. And who did we get for episode two of Grace's teammates? Yep, you guessed it, it's Sara Pararia. <laughs> Sara, I hope I didn't butcher your surname. Did I, did I pronounce it correctly this time? I, I didn't really hear you say it, but it's Pararia. I think you said Pararia. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. a lot of vowels mushed together. People tend to also call me Pereira, like the Portuguese surname, but sure, it's fine. <laughs> Def- we definitely would be calling you Pereira. I'm sure you're much better than Andres Pereira in midfield at this moment in time for Fulham. But no, it's great to have you back on the podcast. It's great to um, be having another game with teammates as well. And obviously, it's been great to have you um, basically showcasing your talents with us on social media, on YouTube as well. Everyone's basically like messaging me now and they'll be like, Who, who's the new girl from, from the USA? It's actually not from the USA, she's from Canada. They're all <laughs> Don't the, get yeah, not not just yet, not just yet. So they're they're, they're basically like, oh how how much how much um how much time is she working with you? I'm like, I'm hoping this time next year she'll be working in England and she'll be working here as well. Cause that's the dream, right, isn't it, Sarah, to be going from Canada to, to Europe potentially as well. Yeah, no, it is the dream. Just with football, like it's just so there's so much more potential overseas, as you know very well. So I'd love to be getting over there, and also just the climate in Canada. I can't stand it. As long as you're not in the UK, the climate elsewhere in Europe, you'll be fine with. But it's one of those things. I just know, like the climate in England. I'm like, you can't be here and then comparing it to Canada because because Canada, you'll get snow more intense than us. You'll get rain more intense than us, and you'll get sun more intense than us as well. So. It's yeah, quite cra- it's quite crazy in the winter time as well. <laughs> Our winter's basically started. It's completely dark, and it's August at the time of recording, um, which is insane. Yeah, I've heard you guys have not had a great July, August so far. We had one day of sun on Sunday at the time of recording in the whole month so far of August. So one day out of nine at the time of recording. Oh, I'm just kind of, I'm just kind of there, like, yeah, I'll take it. It was my day off, so I got, I went to play foot golf with my cousins, and we went to a driving range um, to play golf actually, which was great fun. But then when you're back to work, it's a big, big misery, which is crazy. Yeah, <laughs> it always is. It always is. But what isn't a misery is our great game that we've kind of concocted from the last podcast into this podcast. And I think we can make it a big mini series over the course of the season as well, which would be great. Um, but yeah, Team Ronaldinho for you, Sarah, and Team Zinedine Zidane for me is how we're going to go about it. So before we get into picking our teams in the draft like we um, we would do, I know we agreed on it on the last podcast that we were talking about with Messi and Ronaldo, but just to kind of start us off for our for our listeners for our listeners as well, what did Ronaldinho mean to you as a Barcelona fan growing up in the early two thousands, mid two thousands? Yeah, I'd say like for me, I feel like with Barca, Messi was kind of my player to associate with the club because I really got to see his full career start and then finish. With Ronaldinho, though, I he's kind of the reason I started watching Barca. I would like rather I remember watching Barca because he was there when I was about, I want to say eight, I think he started um, his time at Barca. And that's kind of like, you know, when you start creating those core memories, you know, you're at, at an age where you actually can remember things properly. And so I just remember being so taken aback by his talents, the way he he was able to control the ball. It was it was honestly as if he had a string attached to it because he was technically just, I mean, incredible. Like it, it just, it brought so much joy to, you know, the viewers when you would watch him and especially cause they all did it with a smile too. And he was so strong as well, not to mention like he would, even when he went down, he would get right back up. Like he had such a low center of gravity, but for me, Ronaldinho was one of the first Barca players. I really remember like falling in love with and, he just brought so much joy to the game. I don't think anyone can disagree with that. If you think about like the most, you know, joyful players in football. I'm I'm biting my tongue here because last time <laughs> when he spoke about Ronaldinho, I, I I openly shouted out about the PTSD he gave me back in 2002 <laughs> when Ronaldinho scored against England and David Seaman to win a World Cup quarterfinal in Japan and Korea. But I definitely agree with everything you're saying as well in terms of the flair that he had, the strength that he had, the sense of gravity. And all of these smaller bits to his game were just basically shadowed by the gravitas that he had in football, what he still has in football, what people still go about in football. Because we're now looking at a day... 
um, in the Premier League season or a day in the Serie A season at the moment where systems are taking over more than individual players or individual brilliances as well. You can look at some of these amazing players that we've had in the past, like we are going to do on this podcast, that they were mavericks at the time of, of playing, early 2000s, late 90s. That was a really good time for mavericks in football who could show off their skills, who could show off their talents without having to disrupt the system of a team or of a manager as well. And now we're seeing in terms of how every single player on this pitch has to be part of the, the, the team and manager's system, including now the goalkeeper. So it goes to show how Ronaldinho at the time when he was playing was the king of it all as well. Ballon d'Or winner in 2004, I think. Five. 2005. Who was yeah. four? Was, Nedved was three. Who was 2004? It was 2004. <laughs> was it Let's 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 go to let's go to our secret producer. <laughs> he'll be able to sell, he'll be able to sell us tell us. But yeah, in terms of that, like another Ballon d'Or winner we're going to be speaking about is Zinedine Zidane. Oh, so, sorry, <laughs> that's okay. We we both had a moment there. We're like, oh, there's there's always one. Yeah. We, Mike Lone was 2001, which was insane. And also a former teammate of Zinedine Zidane. But again, going from Ronaldinho to Zinedine Zidane, that's kind of the equal that we kind of have on this on this podcast, I would say. Because with Zinedine Zidane, for me, before I get into it with myself, what did he kind of mean in terms of watching from a Barcelona perspective? Because you were kind of growing up in a time when Zinedine Zidane was coming into retirement age, 32, 33 coming out of retirement for France to help them in the 2006 World Cup as well. So what does Zidane kind of mean to you, Sarah? I mean, he was terrifying to play against. Like, he had so much leadership with Real Madrid when I was watching, you know, in the kind of mid-2000s there, because as you mentioned, he was kind of closer to the end of his career rather than in his prime. But he, he was just, I mean unbelievable and definitely yeah like a menace for us it was so difficult playing against him but what's so interesting is that even though he is a madridista in the 2006 world cup final with france and italy i remember i was cheering for france for i mean tt was a big reason but i just remember thinking like he deserves it in a sense, you know, and, and that whole situation that happened with Madarazzi and I actually felt bad for him. And I think that's the kind of player that Zizou is like, there are certain greats in football that make you appreciate what they do and what they bring to the game. He might be one of the most complete players ever, dare I say. And I, as a Barca fan, was hoping he would win because that's what he deserved. Do you know what I mean? Like you put your rivalry aside for someone that has done so much for the game and has really elevated it. I was getting all emotional there as well because I remember... <laughs> no, it's true. It's true. I was getting emotional because I was thinking about the 2006 World Cup final and he had such a great tournament in 2006. And the worst thing is, with Zidane, for a lot of people, annoyingly with the younger generation, he's had his Rivaldo moment. So what I like to call the Rivaldo moment is when basically he's an amazing footballer, he's done so much in the game, but he gets remembered for one moment. And Rivaldo is when that Turkish player kicked the ball at him on his leg and he was holding his face. With Zidane, it's when he headbutted Marco Materazzi in the World Cup final and walked past the World Cup trophy. And that was his oh. final time seen on the football pitch. And you're just kind of there like, that's insane. That's mm -hmm. literally how he, how he went off the pitch of world football forever um, as a player. And then he came back as a, as a manager, which was even more great as well, which was insane. Um, but yeah, with Zinedine Zidane for me, he was someone that, again, transcended football in terms of the fact that he had so much going for him from all parts of the world. When you're looking at how well he was as a footballer, how he carried himself as a man, as a humanitarian as well, doing so much before a lot of footballers would even get into like kind of charity work and philanthropy in terms of developing um, third world countries. And, and now it's become the norm. A lot of players will do that without even thinking and it's worked so well for them as well. And there's so many people when you're looking at Zinedine Zidane, they, they will praise him to the highest of regards, just like they would with Ronaldinho. And over the course of the podcast, we'll find some amazing quotes from both Ronaldinho and on Zinedine Zidane to share with the audience as well, which is great. But one of my favourite ones is when Sir Alex Ferguson said, all you need to do, all I need to do to win the Champions League is give me Zinedine Zidane and 10 pieces of wood and I'll win you a Champions League. And I'm like, oh my God, Zidane has that aura about him. He has that flex about him. Mm-hmm. David Beckham said that as well. He said that Zinedine Zidane is one of the greatest players to have ever played the game. Last time I played against him at Old Trafford, he put in one of the greatest performances I have ever seen at that ground. And that was a game 
where Ronaldo and Nazaro scored a hat-trick against Manchester United. And I'm just kind of there like Zidane. That's the epitome of a great defender, as a midfielder as well. He just ran the show. And for anyone listening, before we get into our teams, there's actually a film of Zinedine Zidane's last ever Real Madrid game against Villarreal. So it just it's a camera that, that just follows Zidane over the whole 90 minutes. And it shows you how he played the game, how he watched the game, how he works with his teammates, works with his coach as well. And it's a really fascinating documentary in terms of what the life of Zinedine Zidane was really like on the pitch, um, which is great. But yeah, Sara, now it's time for business and now it's time to showcase to our audience our knowledge and skill of Greatest Teammates. So Greatest Teammates is basically we're going to do a 4-4-2 because that's kind of the formation both of them have played in as well, which isn't too bad. And we'll start from goalkeeper to striker, I think, which would be quite nice. What do you think? Yeah, I think that it kind of it builds up slowly, right? Not to yeah. take anything away from goalkeepers, but I goalkeeper, think it'll... Yeah, goalkeepers are the main attraction. That's why we're starting with them first. <laughs> there you go. Definitely, definitely. But again, um, guests going first. So by all means, who's your goalkeeper of choice for Team Ronaldinho? Well, I think a little disclaimer first that we have to say is once again, we are dealing with two of the best to ever do it. So it doesn't matter what we choose. We are going to have stacked teams. So, I mean, it's really coming down to opinion, I think, at this point. But yeah, this was going through Ronaldinho's career. I was thinking he's played with everyone. Like, it's incredible. So I'd say we're on a bit of a tricky side here because we have to make some very difficult decisions. But keeper Big sacrifices. Big sacrifices. Yeah, exactly. Keeper was one that I did not struggle too much with. And I'm choosing Gija, of course, of Brazil. His Brazilian teammate who they won the World Cup together. There were a few, of course, Victor Valdez being one, um, teammates at Barcelona. But I think Gija was just one of the best keepers we really saw in that era and that Brazilian squad we know of 2002 is up there with you know the Spanish 2010 team like it was really one of the best teams we've ever seen in football and he was just absolutely phenomenal so I think for me I I tried to also pick pieces from all over but it is really difficult when you know it comes down to the national team so uh, that that was that was the deciding factor with him over Victor Valdez but I, I really think he was absolutely incredible I think with mine as well if I have to kind of mine's kind of the opposite with the national team you had Fabian Bartes Zinedine Zidane so I have to go for the club mate in Ike Casillas as my first choice, choice goalkeeper and again he had he played with Edwin van der Sar at Juventus so it goes to show he's had great quality um, goalkeepers to play with Zinedine Zidane but with Dida and Iker Casillas like no mm. one's getting a wrong answer there and you're getting two icons of especially the 2010s era as well like we know 2000s era 2010 that's when goalkeepers were going through it all in terms of having to get basically the best of the best you had Buffon you had Casillas you had Canizares you had I'm not going to say David James from England, but you had pretty good goalkeepers elsewhere as well, which was great. And Dida was definitely one of them. And Ike Casillas was up there, which was great um, to see as well. But yeah, goalkeepers, we've gone off really quite easy, I would say. Back yeah. four, we'll go right to left. We'll go right to left. Who's your right back for Ronaldinho? Because this one, it could go very, very one-sided in terms <laughs> of who your teammates are going to be. But let's see what the variety has in store for us, Sarah. Who have we got a right back? I feel like I have a good variety, but this this one specifically was tricky. But I, I chose this one actually also based on our, our last video. But I went mm. with Cafu. With it in brackets, love for Danny Alves. Um, just because I mean Cafu and Ronaldinho played way longer together than of course Danny Alves. No disrespect to Alves. You know, if you watched the last video between Messi and Ronaldo, uh he was absolutely incredible in that position. But Cafu was much more, I think, of a teammate for Ronaldinho. And again, bringing back that Brazil squad. I mean, I really could have picked that entire Brazil squad. And I wouldn't I have been mad at it as well. It would have been fair enough. It's like we said, That's 98 it. squad for France versus 2002 squad for Brazil, both World Cup winners. Exactly. Um, I think Cafuva was one of maybe the best right backs we've seen. Like in that position, he is absolutely incredible. And I, I just think it would be... I don't think I had much of a choice here with that one. Like that one was a bit more obvious than let's say we'll get to my center backs in a bit. But I mean, he's Cafu. 
<laughs> he was the one that kind of brought. It's like with how Roberto Carlos brought fullbacks forward with Cafu together. They both mm-hmm. became attacking fullbacks at a time where fullbacks weren't really known for being attacking. They wouldn't really go past the halfway line. They wouldn't really want to overlap or even underlap their their winger because that's that would be the winger's space. And realistically speaking, they wouldn't really be the ones to look to assist and score every other game like Cafu did. And that's what really helped Brazil in 2002 go from being yeah. finalists in 1998 to World Cup winners in 2002. Yeah, absolutely. Who do you have for right back? Oh my goodness me. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, th- I think I'm going to have to go for... I think this guy played at right back and he played at centre back as well. So I'm going to go for a French teammate in Lilian Turam, 1998 World Cup winner with um, Zinedine Zidane in that final. He was incredible in the 98 tournament, but he was also woeful in 2002 when France got knocked out of the group stages um, as well. But he then obviously went with France to the World Cup final in 2006, played with him at Juventus. And I think he's one of the defenders that played with Zinedine Zidane the most as well. So Lilian Turam is my right back. Yeah, no, no disrespect there whatsoever. I love that the French team is trickling in, and yeah, I mean, I, like I said, I think we are we're we're in the position where we have to make difficult decisions here. But at the end of the day, it's going to be a good eleven. Yeah, it's basically like the last time. Well, the last time we had our podcast on teammates, it was the fact that I didn't end up posting the teams out in full because I knew the hate would be barbaric from our mm. followers. They'd be like, "How dare you miss out on this person and that person?" But with this one, I may have to do, I may have to do the team for, for social media just so they can see. But yeah, I'm well, looking for. No, well, I was what? just gonna say sorry. Like, I mean, hate it or love it, you're not. I don't think our 11s here are going to be bad. They can say, "Oh, you've missed out on X, Y, or Z," but look at the 11. Like, it's not gonna be bad, right? And oh. as we said, it's opinion. It's opinionated as well. It's fine. And it brings comments in, which is good. We always like that <laughs> in terms of interaction. Who's your centre back? Who's your first centre back? Who have we got? This one I was a bit cheeky with because they only played together for one year at AC okay. Milan. But if you think I'm forgetting Paolo Maldini as a centre back, absolutely not. He might be one of the best defenders of all time. We're talking about the epitome of Italian football. That super defence, parking the bus kind of wall mentality. And he was... He was that guy. And so this one was a bit of a, yeah, sneaky one. Because as I said, they only played together for a year. But if we're talking about quality of player, I think Maldini has to be there. It's not that sneaky. I have someone on my list who may not make the team who only played with Zinedine Zidane once. So if if I'm going to (laughs) be as sneaky as you, I've got to to go down that route as well. Um, I love that. How can you not love Paolo Maldini? How can you not love what he's brought to football and what he really brought to defending. He made defending an art. We've seen that time and time again from left back, from centre back. And we mentioned before earlier this season as well that basically he was he played for so long that he played against Diego Maradona and Cristiano Ronaldo in his career. He didn't play against Lionel Messi though because Messi was on the bench when Barcelona played AC yeah. Milan. So yeah. he didn't get to play against Lionel Messi. And I think Lionel Messi got off easy against Paolo Maldini. <laughs> We'll have to, we'll, yeah. only, only FIFA can tell us if they would have dealt with each other properly, but yeah. Yeah, it's one of those. One of those what-ifs. Um, my first choice at the back, I'm going to... I don't know. I think I have to go for Real Madrid for this because he played with this player for one season. Um, and like we did last time, we talked about their primes, not really when they played with mm-hmm. each other. Um, Sergio Ramos, I'm going to throw him in there as well. So young Sergio Ramos first season at Real Madrid was Zidane's last season at Real Madrid as well so that was crazy can you believe that Zinedine Zidane was once teammates with Sergio Ramos and then Sergio Ramos was then Zinedine Zidane's captain when Real Madrid appointed Zidane as manager it's like one of those things that it's hard for your brain to kind of understand because you're like wait what but yeah that that's like the beautiful full circle moment in football right I mean we're talking about Sergio Ramos with the long hair and the headband, like yeah. vintage. I love that. I love that. It's a good show. And also Ramos in my books is one of the best center backs I've seen that has done it. Like he's, again, one of those players that you don't want to play against ever, but he will help. He would like suffer for Real Madrid, especially like he would really take like break my legs. I'll save that ball just so it doesn't go in. Yeah. Sergio Ramos was once linked with Man United back in 2015. <laughs> I'm saying this because 
basically, if he ended up coming to Man United, he would have missed out on the free peak that Real Madrid won in 2016, 17 and 18 in the mm. Champions League. And if he did come to Man United, it would have been the biggest what if if he didn't go because he may have missed out on the free peak or better yet for Barcelona fans. Would Real Madrid have even won the free peak without Sergio Ramos? Yeah, I can't really see him at Manchester United. I think it's it's for it's for the best for him. I'd say <laughs> maybe not it, for you guys, but no, it, it was a, it was the best for him as well. It's like with Ronaldinho. Ronaldinho was once linked with Manchester United. Um, he signed a contract um, to appear at Manchester United until Barcelona came in at the last minute, and they gave him a better contract, and he accepted the Barcelona deal instead. Imagine that Ronaldo <laughs> in the Premier League. That would have been unreal. And that oh. same summer, we signed an unknown Portuguese winger called Cristiano Ronaldo. So we would have had Cristiano Ronaldo and Ronaldinho in the same side. That's wild. It, was, it wasn't meant to be. He was meant to be playing alongside Messi and assisting his first goal. It's true. It, it, was, it was meant to be playing with Henrik Larsson in the Champions League final against Arsenal, coming down from 1-0 down to 2-1 up. That's definitely yeah. what Ronaldinho's heritage was as well. And you know me, I love shouting out Henrik Larson as well. Unforgotten hero for me in, in world yeah. football, but forgotten hero in world football. We love Henrik Larson here. Unfortunately, though, he's not a teammate of Zidane Zidane, so I can't really... Um, oh, you can't squeeze him in there. Can't be doing it yet, so that's not great. Uh, who's your second choice centre-back? Well, we're bringing back Captain Carlos Puyol, of oh, course. Oh, wow. Yeah, uh, this one for me was based on... Not only Puyol's talent, I've given him so much praise on the pod with you last time, but Puyol was the captain of Barcelona when Ronaldinho came in. And then Ronaldinho kind of changed that Barca squad under Puyol. And then two years later, they won La Liga. I think it was just the understanding they had for one another. Puyol was such a blaugrana football player that I think he also had so much trust in Ronaldinho because he knew he saw this talent of this guy. Like their connection was really like, there's moments when there, there'll be matches, the match actually 2004 Bernabeu when Barca won from Ronaldinho's chip to Xavi. There are moments on the pitch when you can just see Puyol and Ronaldinho having these conversations. Like there was, they really, I think had to touch a bond. And because he was the captain at that time, I had to get Puyol in there. Of course, obviously, a fantastic defender as well. <laughs> you had more difficulty than me in choosing defenders because you had Maldini, you had Nesta, you had Lucio, yeah. you had Puyo, you had Rafa Marquez once upon a Marquez, time at Barcelona. Melito, Gabby Melito, remember him. Gabby Melito. Danny Alves. Uh, yeah, no, this was, I have a list under shout outs to all these footballers because it was so tricky. People are going to come for me for Nesta, I already know. I already know. Don't worry, it's going to happen with me. Because with me, I'm choosing Marcel Desailly as my second choice centre-back wow. to, partner, to partner Sergio Ramos. I mean, I've got to shout out Laurent Blanc. I've got to shout out um, Hierro, Helguera, Pavon. Um, yeah, those are the kind of players I've got to shout out. Even Michel Salgado, right back um, as well. But realistically speaking, Marcel Desailly is one of... I've, I've said it before and I'll say it again. And I say, I've said it before, I've said it again a lot because I love Marcel Desailly. I think he's a very slept-on centre-back in what he did because he kind of really got noticed when he was at Chelsea. But when he was at AC Milan, he won um, he won the Champions League. When he was at France, he won the World Cup. When he was at Ajax, he won the Champions League as well. Wherever this guy went, except for Chelsea, he was a winner and he was a born winner. And that's what Zinedine Zidane really got from Marcel Desailly in that 1998 World Cup and in the Euro 2000s as well which goes to show what a leader he was and when you've got two leaders like Marcel Desailly and Sergio Ramos in your back when well, you're back too I would say so far I think I'm gonna I'm gonna be pretty okay for the time being I would say for the time being yes but it's a bit scary back there for you with those two for sure this is for where sure. it gets scarier for me on, on who you choose as your left back for Ronaldinho. Oh, that's why I was thinking you gave me the first pick and you know where I'm going. It has to be Roberto Carlos, of course. For goodness sake. Well, do you know what I was thinking? I was like, we are going to have a couple of players here that are We going have more to... than a couple and we have a couple <laughs> of great players that we're going to be dealing with together as well. Which no, you're lovely for letting me go first because I was thinking, I have like in brackets, okay, if he chooses this, then I have to go here. But 
for letting me pick first. It has to be. We're balancing out Cafu on the right with Roberto Carlos on the left. I mean, this one was pretty obvious as well. Again, as you mentioned, one of those defenders that had the ability to, you know, go up that wing and, and attack as well, which we never see. Part of that 2002 squad, just one of the best Brazilians to ever play football. There's no way this was never going to be Roberto Carlos. And I will say, I'm sure that's who you were going to pick too. And I'm sorry. <laughs> it's it's when it's when you start playing Paloma Faith, only your love will hurt like this. That's when it's going to come <laughs> out now. Nah, it's perfectly fine. If you didn't put Ronaldinho, I would be insulted. But no, Ronald, uh, no Roberto, Roberto Carlos. Carlos. For, Roberto Carlos for Team Ronaldinho is the best left back you can choose out mm-hmm. of anyone. The other the other left back you could have chosen. Also, my sister met Roberto Carlos this year, so I was really quite happy about that. And I was just like, "Oh my god!" And she got a picture. She got she got a picture with him at soccer aid. There's a charity game that happens yeah. every year. So she got a picture with him, and I'm like, "Oh my days!" Fam. I was like, "Do you know who this is?" And she's yeah, like, "She's like, I don't know. I just saw him." She's like, "I know you would know who he is. So I know that you you would appreciate it." I'm like, "Hell yes, I appreciate it." Um, oh, fantastic for your sister. Robert, she was just like, yeah, it's just, it's just another day. It's just another day out with my friends. She meets famous people all the time. Shout out to my sister. Um, <laughs> where was I? Left back. This left back played with both Ronaldinho and Zidane, as well as Roberto Carlos. Not with Roberto Carlos, but he's another left back that did. Um, so I'm going for Eric Abida at left back. Yeah, yeah. Shout, shout out. Especially, I think, Eric Abida also was fighting cancer and playing football. And won the Champions League as well. Just a let, yeah, because then we were throwing him up in the air. We, as if it were me. No. You were there. You were there in spirit. <laughs> no, but he was this absolute fighter. That that alone to me was just admirable. But please tell me why he picked Abidal. Abidal was some. I could have gone for Lizarazu, who was someone who played at left back for France for a good number of years. But my kind of rule is if if these players. If I haven't seen these players as much, I'm not going to pick them because I won't know much about them. I'll sound silly just talking about facts and stats that I don't believe in or not seen. But yeah, Eric, Eric Abadal is the definition of a fighter, not just a fighter on the pitch, but definitely off the pitch. The fact we saw someone who literally had cancer and we've seen footballers give up their careers because of injuries, illnesses. The fact that he then came back and he actually came back into the highest of levels. And the fact that Danny Alves nearly donated, was it a kidney? Or something oh. to him as well. He, he he offered to do that and and threaten his own career just to help Eric Abidal, his teammate. That's if that doesn't get you in the fields or if it doesn't leave you speechless for a moment, I don't know what is. And that's what the beautiful game really is about. When you see something like that happening, and then he comes back and then he he lifts the league title with with Barcelona. Carlos Puyol is walking all the way to Eric Abidal, and who comes in to kind of disrupt the moment? Alex Song. Alex Song comes out of nowhere and is like, oh yeah, I'll take the trip. He's like, no, it's not for you. Go away. Go away, Alex Song. It's for Eric, of all people, it's from Eric. It's not from you, you Arsenal rejects. That's what that's <laughs> why that's what I think Carlos Puyo was saying in Spanish in that quick two seconds, three seconds he was there. But yeah. That's what saying. Don't worry. That was just that was just me ad-libbing. But yeah, oh. Eric Abidal, he was a really good player as well. He was still first choice left back against Gail Clichy, Patrice Evera, and Adrian Lizarazu as well. Um, it goes to show what an athlete he was as well. And the fact that he continued playing under Pep Guardiola um, at Barcelona, it goes to show what a talent he was. And he played multiple games with Zidane, but multiple games with Ronaldinho before Ronaldinho left for AC Milan in 2008 mm-hmm. as well. So it goes to show what yeah. a fantastic left back he was. No, that's a great shot. I love that. He's kind of, I mean, in recent years, we've seen that with Christian Eriksen, right? Like the, the, That was abs- just... Oh, incredible. I mean, that was so scary. I remember watching it live. Was it two years ago now? The Euros? Yeah, two summers ago, yeah. Oh, it's all a blur. Um, But yeah, no, how scary was that? And then he comes and then he, you know, continues to play football, makes the move to Brentford. Brentford have that amazing season. Like, oh, it's just, yeah, really fighters. Like, absolutely just incredible. Incredible. Love that shout. Good on I, I like how you just stopped that Brentford had an incredible season and then you didn't mention his move to Man United where he won his first trophy in English football. We don't I forget. Mean, we never forget. Carabao Cup, the Mickey Mouse trophy. <laughs> the Mickey Mouse trophy was was the one and only for Christian Eriksen. He couldn't do it in, what, five years at Tottenham Hotspur and he won it in oh. one season at Man United. So very happy with that Carabao Cup, the Mickey Mouse trophy 
trophy. <laughs> it's like how Arsenal fans are celebrating the Community Shield. Let them celebrate. It doesn't happen oh. very often with Arsenal fans at all. Um, but yeah, on to our midfield. And I'm going to have to s- insist that you're going to go first as well. But yeah, it's a 4 4 yeah. So you, you're going okay, first. This one, yeah, this one's a bit tricky because 4 3 3 would have worked a bit better. So just consider that because my right midfielder is going to be Lionel Messi. But we're going to assume he just shifts up a bit, moving our right forward into the middle. You know, you can you can picture it. We'll put it out for you guys. Uh, it was the only way I could make it work. It wasn't Lil Messi. Come on. It has to be. He's getting in there. There's no doubt this shouldn't be a shock to anyone. Um, not to mention that I already said, yeah, Ronaldinho assisting Messi's first goal at Barca. The two together, even though it was a short time they played together, they had such a, a connection so early on in Messi's career. And Ronaldinho actually came out and said, I remember, one of his biggest regrets in football was not staying at Barcelona longer to play with Lionel Messi. That's it. That's all I need. (laughs) That's all anyone would need, really, because there's that time when Kobe Bryant, rest in peace, was speaking to Ronaldinho about why are you leaving Barcelona and you're one of the best players there. He's like, no, this player will be even better. He's like, which player? Yeah. Lionel Messi. Yeah. Oh, no, lovely. Yeah, really, there's not much else we need to say, I don't think, right? <laughs> yeah, it's one of those things that when you've got Lionel Messi and Ronaldinho in, Ronaldinho in your team, it's going to be very, very difficult. So I'm have to go for a more defensive side to kind of counter your attacking side, your very attacking side, which will be... Where is Ronaldinho playing in your team, by the way? Or are you not going to disclose that just yet? Uh, I can disclose that, that's fine. Uh, the way I have it, he's going to be playing on the... Left at the top. Left at the top. So you well, where he would play naturally. I mean, yeah. thing is, I think with Barca at least, actually Brazil, Brazil would be four four two. I think, but with Barca they usually did a four three three. So he could be, I guess, in the middle as well. But I threw him up there to smash in more midfielders because it's such it's so tricky to really windle those down. It's for people who are listening, they'll feel like it's just the ultimate team right now when you've got Messi yeah. on one side, Ronaldinho on the other side. I'm like, if you lived in that era of football, you would have loved watching Barcelona in the Champions oh. League, La Liga. For you, it must have been a dream literally growing up and watching Barcelona with Messi and Ronaldinho on each wing. Would that be right, Sarah? We were, I was spoiled. And then to see Spain win a Euro world in a Euro. I've realised though, as great as that is, is that I will never live through fo- another football era like that. It, can't be possible. They will not let me have something that good again. Can't be replicated just yet. Yeah, no, it was it was a dream. I mean, I just feel like in general, though, the late two thousands in football. I mean, maybe that's because I also like was a certain age and really could get passionate about it. But that was like I I talk to my friends about that all the time. That was such a good era for football in general. Like it was still pure, you know. I feel like anything after around like twenty fifteen has just. It's not the same. It's not. It isn't. It doesn't feel the same. It doesn't feel as enjoyable. These longer games that we've got going on, the more time wasting. Oh. We see issues with VAR. We see all the time. It's not as fun, especially when you go to games as well. It's not as fun as enjoyable, but we've got to enjoy what we've got, in, got to enjoy yeah. from now on as well, which is crazy. And for me to kind of figure out how to go in this team, you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go for the favoured one. Actually, no, 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 I can't because it's a 4-4-2. So I have to go for... I have to go for a very sensible one. Zidane's going to be in, in the centre midfield, one of the two, which is I fine. assume so. I'm going to have two strikers, so it's not going to be the number 10. So I'm not going to go for two defensive midfielders, but I'm risking it because I'm hoping one of my strikers you're not going to pick, or two of my strikers you can technically pick um, for your team, Ronaldinho. Right mid, Luis Vigo, Ballon d'Or winner, one of the most amazing Galacticos. But again, like we said last time, he was even more amazing at Barcelona before he came to Real Madrid. And he achieved a lot at Barcelona before he came to Real Madrid, where he was the teammate of Zinedine Zidane. So, uh, Luis Figo, for me, I'm happy just going with him. Who's your first choice centre mid for yourself? You're not going to like it, because I think I'm going to steal another one from you, and it's going to be Kaká. <gasps> Kaká didn't play with Zidane, so I'm fine. Oh, did he not? No, no. Oh! Okay, because I was thinking I, there were so many. Wait, you're, you're fine with that. Kaká joined at Real Madrid in 2009. Zidane retired oh, in 2006. You're yeah, okay. yeah, sure. Okay, okay, perfect. Well, then, happy days for us. Everything's working out nicely. Again, um, yeah, I'm trying to not load it up with too many Brazilians. I think I have, 
I have five out of 11. I saw, well, including Ronaldinho six, but you're yeah, okay. I'm, no one's yeah. counting. <laughs> no, listen, I mean, he, we've spoken about him. In fact, you had him on your team of Ronaldo's best 11. And it, no doubt that he had to be here. I mean, he was astonishing, amazing to watch, could create so much. And I think the link up play as well with Ronaldinho, it's so creative. And I think that it just would be a disservice to this team if I didn't include Kaka truly. But the midfielders, I will say, were also, there are so many, especially, of course, Barca background here. Yes, we're going into so much detail that there's going to be only one more Barca midfielder in my prediction for your midfield because you've got Messi, Ronaldinho, Kaká and you've got one more to pick later on. No, no, no. Ronaldinho's playing up. So is he playing? You've got two up top and Ronaldinho's behind the striker. No, no, no. Right now, because if we were to shift it, but I have Ronaldinho up top, like playing. Oh, so he's one of the two up top. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because he can play up there quite easy. If it were, if I had it 4-3-3, I might shift him down to just behind. Yeah. But with this, yeah, this was a bit tricky for this, especially because I said there are so many Barca players too. It's not our natural form, but people will understand. They'll shift it the way I want to see it. Because <laughs> I did it in terms of their national team. So the 4-4-2 in 98 for Zidane and 4-4-2 for, for Brazil in 2000. For Brazil, it made a lot of sense. But because there were so many Barca players and I was looking at a lot of the Barca teams that it was a bit tricky, but it's fine. Yeah. It's fine. you got loads of AC Milan players to come, I'm sure of it as well, which will be great. Uh, Patrick Vieira, first choice centre mid for me to partner Zinedine Zidane. Realistically speaking, is the best one I've got. So I'm going to go for the former Arsenal captain, the World Cup winner, the Euro 2000s winner as well. And someone who realistically changed the way midfielders were looked at in terms of they could play as a defence midfielder as well as an attacking midfielder, as well as a centre midfielder. But with Vieira, when he came to Arsenal, he's more of a centre mid who could burst forward and lead from the middle, really. And he was a proper captain and you needed someone like Patrick Vieira to allow Zinedine Zidane to be free as well. So Patrick Vieira and Zidane will be... Will be three of my or two of my midfield and you got Figo on the right as well yeah yeah that's great that's a very tall midfield as well Patrick Vieira is one of those players that I feel like I still think he's underrated in a sense like people do give him the credit but I don't think it's as much as he necessarily deserves yeah it doesn't he doesn't get the appreciation it's kind of like with Desai as well when you when thinking of Patrick Vieira a lot of Arsenal fans will say oh we've never re- replaced Vieira because you can never replace someone like that straight away and it goes yeah. to show how well of a footballer he really was and how ahead of his time in my opinion because when Yaya Torre burst onto the scene for Barcelona and for Man City respectively everyone loved him but Patrick Vieira was doing that 10 years before and yeah. it goes to show that a lot of people weren't noticing what people are kind of realizing now in in retrospect and in hindsight as well which is yeah. amazing yeah absolutely okay well you said AC Milan but shock it's going to be Barca and we're going Xavi because of his connection with Ronaldinho I kind of touched on it earlier but this one also could have been Rivaldo I know they're going to come get me because (laughs) again with the midfielders when you're dealing with somebody who's played for Barcelona it's so difficult because the talent is just over it's an overload so I just went Xavi merely because of yeah the stint they had together from 2004 to 2007 at Barcelona was just unbelievable and just not fair and there yeah again link up play was just impeccable as I mentioned that match at the Bernabeu they hadn't won at Santiago Bernabeu in seven years and then Near the end of the match, Ronaldinho gives that beautiful chip and then Xavi makes the run, flicks it outside of the foot. Like, get out of here. That is what just makes you smile. <laughs> it's so odd when you watch Xavi in his younger days because you're just kind of there like, he, he just always looked the same age, never aged, at all, <laughs> which was insane. But yeah, Xavi in your midfield, Kakara in your midfield, Messi in your midfield as well. It's looking dangerous. So I'm not sure. Actually, you know what? I'll mention, I've got Zidane in centre mid, which is perfectly fine. But yeah. I'll just bring up a quote from Ronaldinho when he's speaking about Zinedine Zidane. So Ronaldinho, back when he was playing, he said, Zinedine Zidane is one of the best footballers of all time. One of my idols. He had such elegance and grace, a wonderful touch and superb vision. So respect from one to the other was was clear as day. Clear as day as how Zidane's going to be my centre mid, my captain in the side. Mm-hmm. And 
left mid. I don't know what I can do for this one. The the way I wanted to do it is I wanted to put Figo on the left and then a favourite of mine, David Beckham, on the right. But shock. I'm not. Yeah, shock. But this particular player I'm going to put on the left because we are doing it in terms of prime. And I'm doing this in terms of how he impacted world football. And he, he played with Zidane when he was at his young age. And then he became a world superstar, a Ballon d'Or finalist, a Champions League winner in his own right. Frank Ribéry. Yeah. Yeah. Ribéry left mid. Yeah. Do that. Oh, that's, oh, I completely forgot about Frank Ribéry for a minute there, you know? One oh, of the he, best young players in the 2006 World Cup. Yeah. No, he was incredible. And just that run at Bayern Munich as well. Like he was, I feel like he also played football like forever. Because didn't he go to Fiorentina afterwards? He went to Fiorentina and then he went to Salaterina, somewhere like that in, in Serie B as well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he went there as well. And it's just like, yeah, let's yeah. just carry on playing. I'm like, please do. You're a joy of a footballer to watch. And Frank Ribery was someone who could really shock any anyone's right back into, into fear, really, with the way that he played. And this was before Robin and Ribery became that partnership of robbery at, at Bayern Munich, he was doing that at the World Cup against Brazil, against the legendary Cafu yeah. um, in the quarterfinals of the World Cup. He's doing that in the World Cup final um, against Zambarotta at right back as well. So it goes to show what Frank Ribéry could do in his younger days. And he continued on. And when you see that in the World Cup, because you see this as well, Sarah, when you see a young player coming through at a World Cup, you think, oh, OK, let's see what he does from here. Does he go on and shine continuously? Or is it just a one World Cup wonder and then he just falters out? Players like Julian Vargas for Chile. We've seen people like, like even Jesse Lingard, for example, at Man United just kind of falls her out as well. But when you see someone like Frank Ribery, young player at the World Cup, who continues to ascend and ascend and ascend, that's the quality that he had. And for him to be playing with Zinedine Zidane in his last World Cup kind of shows that one, 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 when one legend was retiring, another one was emerging. And that legend was Frank Ribery. Yeah, yeah. So wait, I just want to hear you say it. You're not including David Beckham. Yeah, I've got to say out loud, I'm not including David Beckham because I'm taking a risk on my strikers. I'm taking a risk because I'm hoping you don't pick one of these two strikers. There's two strikers you could pick and that I could pick, but I'm taking a risk because I want to put one of them up front as opposed to as a winger. So Figo, Vieira, Zidane and Ribéry as my midfield. Perfect. I have one more midfield because you had Zizou, so you don't have to. Yeah. Because I have Messi, Kaka, Xavi, and Shock. It's going to be Iniesta. Of course, it's not his natural position there. Uh, as I mentioned, I'm kind of squeezing more in with this 4-4-2. But with Roberto Carlos behind him, I'm not really too stressed. Iniesta is going to come and push up and make so many beautiful plays and cross that ball in and put those through balls in. But again, I looked at midfielders that he's played with, and there's been so many. But when you look at some of the best mid- video, mid- excuse me, midfielders in the world, how can you not include Andres Iniesta? Yeah. Might be the best ever to it. Oh, best ever versus the best ever is the Dan Iniesta. We've had this conversation previously in terms yeah. of. Yeah, actually, who no, the we best did. We were talking, didn't we bring Paul Scholes into this? We talked about how Paul Scholes was revered as one of the best by Iniesta. But yeah. Iniesta, Iniesta appreciated Zidane as well. And again, that was when Iniesta was coming to the forefront at Barcelona. That's the thing. It was all like they were slowly just edging out, out. coming in. Yeah, yeah. Um, actually, you were talking about Ronaldinho on Zizou, but really mm. quickly, Zizou on Ronaldinho, I found he said, Ronaldinho is virtually unstoppable at his best as a forward or as a playmaker. They knew there was such a, there was such a, like, showing of respect from one another. I mean, it was just, I don't know, it was like a golden age of football, truly. But doesn't that warm your heart, though, as well, that the fact yeah. that that mutual respect, and it was just one of those things that... Even with me, when I mentioned David Beckham and Ronaldinho earlier, it's just the fact that when you have that mutual respect for another professional, it goes to show um, how well they actually did and how they appreciated it. Now, with, with mm-hmm. footballers nowadays, you do see it on occasions, but it has to be coerced out of them. Like You wouldn't really see it now in terms of, oh, this player's amazing, this player's that, this player's that. But that would be in terms of players from different leagues or different competitions. If you saw that in, for example, La Liga this season, Vinicius Junior will get praise from other teammates, but... I'm not, I'm not sure if you'll see Vinicius Junior praise and other opposition teammates as well. If was, yeah, it's a bit... Know. I don't know. Yeah, lately with Barca and Real, it's a little bit... It's not the same. It's not yeah. the same, that's all I can say. Especially after Even the in pre-season... Or the, it, 
It didn't feel the same in preseason either, which was insane. Yeah, that was really aggressive. I mean, we were playing a friendly in what, like Houston or something in Texas. And I was like, oh, these guys, but that's El Clasico for you, right? Like it's do or die. And I think Tony Cruz came out and said, I hope like Barcelona never win a game. And I was like, oh my God. Okay. This, is, this is how it is at the start of the season for El Clasico. It's insane. I know, isn't it? One more quote because I'm, I'm I'm obsessed with these quotes. I've been researching them all day. Uh, we mentioned Paul Scholes. We named dropped him earlier. So his quote on Zidane was, to see Zidane in action was to witness poetry in motion, the skills, the vision, the goals. He was a sublime performer when he was at his peak winning the World Cup, the Champions League and all the rest. He was unquestionably the finest player on the planet. Ah. Uh. We are talking about some of the finest players we've ever seen, talking about one of the finest players we've ever seen. And just like with Ronaldinho as well, it's insane with what they did. Um, my shout-outs for midfielders, Claude Makelele, Rui Costa, Edgar Davids, and well, said David Beckham already. And Guti as well. Guti has. He's also Guti, someone I'm going to... Sure. I yeah. didn't know where to put him into this team because I was like, oh, I've got Figo one side. I'll go for Ripley the other side. But I couldn't have him as a as an attacking midfielder. I need these strikers, please. I need these strikers. That's all I'm saying. Technically, you've only got one left as well because you've got Ronaldinho as your second striker. That's it. I got one. So who's your, who's your, actually no, I'll go to build up the suspense for one of my strikers and then you can go for your final one just because I want that oh, dramatic might effect. You me up there now. Okay, okay. Go you, for it. I, I know you can't pick this player. So out of, out of dramatic effects, I'm going to leave this player that I want to last to see if we've got him or not to see if it, if it comes off. Uh, Alessandro Del Piero is my number 10. Yeah. So he's going to be my my second striker, playing on to one of the first strikers that I will have coming up. But Alessandro Del Piero, I think personally, if we were to do a round three of this, we need to have like an Alessandro Del Piero versus like a Raul or someone like that, like another 10 or another Trequatista of a footballer mm-hmm. that we had. Because Alessandro Del Piero was immense at what he did. He was a flair player. He was someone who could be a leader from the front for Juventus, winning the Champions League in 1998. Um, with Zidane in 1998 for Juventus, which was insane. That was Zidane's first Champions League, if I remember correctly, before he moved to Real Madrid a year or two afterwards as well. And could you imagine that? Zidane and Del Piero in the same team. And that's when Juventus were feared all across oh, the world. Sure. Yeah. No, he's an absolute weapon. Like, this is like, I feel like your team is very very strong if that makes sense you're just like, being polite because you've got Messi and Ronaldinho on your side you know I can't I think my, my team is a bit more tactical it's a lot more of those like cheeky passes it's a lot more short passes and through balls whereas yours is like monsters bravado <laughs> yeah bravado is the word like a lot of aggression and physique like and it's a good thing it's just like they are such very different teams but in the end I think a lot of it's coming down to what is a Real-based team and what is a Barca-based team, right? They're like the exact opposite. But no, I mean, Del Piero, come on. Like, how are you ever going to go wrong with that? And yeah, Juve. Remember when Juve was like a team that you actually respected? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, Oh my goodness me, now getting knocked out of the Conference League (laughs) through fines and stuff. The Super League as well, Agnelli. All these I mean, Nedved hats as well. They get 10 points back. I mean, they won the City out like, what, seven times in a row that it became like comical at a point because it was just so uneventful. We were all sure there was someone paying someone off here. And then finally, you know, we see the likes of AC Milan win and then Napoli win. And then Juve are getting their points deducted for all. Like, it's just, it's been, it's been bad for Juve for a while. And I'd say that was like, I can't even remember that that, like, I forgot that Juve was so good at one point. It was when Carlo moved to New York. That's when they went downhill. Or when Pogba moved to Man United. Same season. Also, shout out to Pirlo because he was one that I could have put and they didn't. Sugar. Oh, Sugar, you could have as well. I know. My mentions. I know. I know. I know. But what do you you want me to take out Kaka or Shaq? No, no, no. I I was was thinking, did Pirlo play? Pirlo didn't play with Zidane. He didn't, no. No, no, he didn't. That was eight to one. Sneaky, sneaky. I know, see, that's the thing, though. It's like, you really forget, like, all of these players that they've played with at one point, as you mentioned, even if it was just once. 
even if it's just once. I've got loads of players that I'm going to mention as an honourable mention later that I've played with him. No, just we'll, once we'll, or twice. To, we'll both go through um, honourable mentions because we probably have about a list of 30. <laughs> so you're on your last player to partner Ronaldinho up front. I'm on my last player to partner of Del Piero up front. Um, but yeah, before we get on to our final ones, a um, few from me that I know I won't mention because I'm going to I'm gonna leave a list of three just in case. But Eric Cantona played with oh. Zinedine Zidane. Uh, Gabriel Batasuta played with Zidane I think once or twice um, as well which was insane and the one that I'm going to mention that I know you can't pick Michael Owen also played with Zinedine Zidane get that Man United uh, shout out there (laughs) I wasn't even thinking about that I was was genuinely thinking about Liverpool and I was thinking about the film Goal did you ever see the film Goal or Goal 2 (laughs) Santiago Munez oh what happened at Newcastle oh Michael Owen's left for Real Madrid they need a replacement. Who's going to be? Who's it going to be? Gavin Harris and Santiago Munez. That's fine. Oh my god! Yeah, it was it was such a cringe movie, but at the same time, like kind of warmed your heart because it was like a big football movie, which like wasn't really popular when we were growing up. I feel, but yeah, yeah when you watch it back now, you're like, oh my goodness. <laughs> and who had a cameo in Gold? Zinedine Zidane. No. Did he? He did. I haven't watched it in ages now. And but... Gold too, because they filmed the one that one at Real Madrid, but Gold one. He had a cameo. Him and David Beckham were in a bar. But Zinedine Zidane is a Muslim and he doesn't drink. So he had like a, a water there and he was like, yeah, oh, I'm at a bar. So I was like, oh, okay, cool. Um, but yeah, my honourable mentions are complete. How how about yours? Who have you got that I know you won't pick for me, Sarah? So who's your honourable mentions? Up front or in general? Just in general and up front as well. Oh, I mean, yeah, you mentioned a few. Okay, Robinho, one of them. Thierry Henry. Robinho <laughs> could have played with both of them as well. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Eto, Ludovic, Julie, Deco, Van Brockenhurst, Mark, as you mentioned, uh, Seydorf, could have. Baron Seydorf is cold. Yeah, yeah. No, like it was just, it was too many. <laughs> it was too many for us. <laughs> yeah. You can make so, a B team with this one as well. That's how I can make uh, a B team, but you can make a big B team with this one. We said this about the Ronaldo and Messi best 11 as well, that like our B team would be just as savage. That's true. Seydorf as captain would be immense. It'd be unbelievable with that one. Um, But yeah, now it's time for you to break my heart in many different pieces. Yeah, put the nail in the coffin. Who is your number nine to partner Ronaldinho up front in your team, Ronaldinho, Sarah, and why? Who is my number nine? Well, of course, it's R9. It's V9. It is the nine. It is honestly maybe one of the most, if not the most complete forward in football. I don't care about Messi and Ronaldo. He was the OG. He was so spectacular to watch, so strong, could shoot from anywhere, worked so well with Ronaldinho. Oh my goodness. And honestly, it's really weird because you still meet people who are like Ronaldo was the best forward, like the OG Ronaldo, not this one. Like yeah. his legacy continues to live on. And he was really like, he was the forward of all time almost. Yeah. It goes to show what legacy he has now as well. Him and Ronaldinho World Cup winners in 2002. But did you know Ronaldo was once called Ronaldinho? In oh football. no, do they have to change it? <laughs> because once upon a time when Ronaldo was young Ronaldo, and as you know, Ronaldinho is Ronaldo Gaucho Ronaldo. or Ronaldinho Gaucho. Yeah. So before That's it was it was Ronaldinho for R9 in the 1994 World Cup, which was insane. So when but, he was a bench player for Brazil, when they won the World Cup in the USA, 1994, then 1998 came around. That's when he became R9. That's when he became the man, the myth and the legend. Man. Yeah, no, I mean, with all these Brazilians, though, Ronaldo's such a common name, and then they just add the Inho to everything. So it doesn't shock me too much. I mean, yeah, I mean, unless you're like Kaka and you're just making up names. Fred. But yeah. Joel <laughs> Linton. They're not as fun anymore, are they? Fred. Um, Hulk. Hulk. You got <laughs> Joe. You had Joe once upon a time. Yeah, had- there, was a, there was a time, was it like... 2016 2017 when there were just a bunch of several one syllable brazilian players oscar two syllable one as well but yeah no but um i'm sorry to do that to you and i knew this i mean it was him and roberto carlos that were going to be the two 
but you were very polite to let me go first. But uh, I, it, there wasn't, there was no chance I wasn't going to pick him, especially on that side as well, yeah. right? Where he plays, because for example, on the on the other side, I mean, Ronaldinho can play there, Thierry Henry can play there, Eto can play there. You know, it's just there's a couple more pieces, but this side there was this one man. <laughs> You've got the one man. I've got probably the best number two you can have as a striker. So I'm kind of glad you saved Ronaldinho as a striker. Because if you put these two up front, it would have been a knockout. It would have been a finish. And it would have been a, an embarrassment of riches that you would have in your side. But for me, I've got to go for someone who he's who his international glory came with Zinedine Zidane for two different tournaments in a row. That was a 1998 World Cup and the 2000 European Championships in Belgium and Holland. That is the man, that is the myth, that is Thierry Henry. So, you name dropped him earlier, but with Thierry Henry, he once said about Zinedine Zidane, this is going to be a fun quote. This is my, probably my, my favourite quote of the day. He said, in France, everyone realised that God exists and that he is back in the international French team. God is back and there is little left to say. In reference to Zinedine Zidane coming back to the French national team in the World Cup in 2006. So, if you ever needed praise from one of the highest paid players at the time in Thierry Henry, one of the highest respected players in Thierry Henry, mm-hmm. even he referred to Zinedine Zidane as God, which goes to show how much he loved and revered um, what Zinedine Zidane meant to the French people and to the national side as well. With, Zinedine, with Thierry Henry, he scored 51 goals in 123 appearances for France. He was at once upon a time before Olivier Giroud, the record goal scorer for the French national side. And, a lot of those goals came in his younger days when he was playing off the left and sometimes as a second striker with Zidane behind him, feeding balls into him. And with Zidane and Henri in the same team, if he moved to Real Madrid instead of Barcelona, that would have been a criminal link-up with Zidane and um, Thierry Henry. But fortunately, that didn't happen. And a couple of years later, he moved to Barcelona, which is where he played with Ronaldinho as well. What was it like for you watching Ronaldinho and Thierry Henry ball out for that season or two before Ronaldinho left? Loved it. I I don't know. Titi was always such a likable player in my books, even Arsenal days. Like, I feel like he was just so well liked and well respected by everyone. Like he didn't, he, I didn't find him very, like he didn't have that kind of aggression that I feel like a lot of players had. Yeah. Um, he was yeah. a cool, calm, collected guy with that. Exactly. Je ne sais quoi. Exactly. He had that suavecito kind of to him. Like he was so, smooth with the ball and then you have someone like Ronaldinho who's just going to dance around and give you the most perfect passes and whatnot like it was just like as I mentioned we were just living through such an era of football that was so immaculate on like almost until you know I mean what we're seeing now it's so different but it was really just it was really lovely and I think we spoke about this last time we were mentioning his link up with Zizou but I mean, that World Cup again, that 2006 final, and TT got injured and he looked concussed when he was... Like, there were so many things that I just felt like went wrong and it just wasn't fair to the French team because we're talking about Zizou and Thierry Henry, two of the best players to ever play football. And both of them had their issues and it just it, it just left a sour taste in my mouth. I remember thinking like, oh, that that's not the way... That wasn't deserved. It was so painful. Because I remember getting knocked out within a minute and when I was at work, I think last week, I may have told you actually, they had the World Cup final on repeat. And I'm just kind of there, like they're watching the whole game on repeat on one of the women's World Cup channels. And I'm like, why? Why are you doing this to me? It was insane. But no, nah, it was just something that Sierra Henry getting knocked out. Um, obviously, the red card of Zinedine Zidane. It was crazy to see what it kind of worked with in terms of how they kind of had everything kind of against them in that final, the headbutt especially, which was insane. And... It's insane as well. Um, I did mention some quotes on Zinedine Zidane. I've got a few of my favourites from Ronaldinho. With your Zidane one, did you mention the Zidane one on Ronaldinho earlier? You did, didn't you? I did. I had one on Zidane. I have a few on Ronaldinho if you'd like them. I've got one that just stood out to me from my research. So um, who is it from? It was from David Beckham, of course. So I have the Beckham one. Okay, David Beckham was good and the uh, Roberto Carlos one I've got as well which is good fun but David Beckham was Ronaldinho when I was at PSG was the most naturally gifted when I played with him he was unbelievable his techniques his natural ability to dominate the ball and the tricks he did was impossible 
we tried for hours to do what he could what he what he would do but we couldn't do it which was yeah insane. i have one actually from reichard who was Go coaching. For it. um he said he knew exactly what he was doing it was all premeditated although i had never seen him try it before in training or in matches he thought what the wall would do and he pulled it off it's amazing but that's what you get from the best player in the world just like it kind of gives you some perspective as the way this this player could think it didn't even make sense to the coaching staff people were saying how did he even figure this out you know Um, it just looks like it was just a calculated genius that's what Ronaldinho was and you could probably say the same about Zinedine Zidane because with people when they're when you're seeing them doing skills and they're not really pulling it off or they can't do all the time it's like I told you last time when you had a podcast was I asked you when you play football could you do the Iniesta La Croqueta could you do the Ronaldinho flip-flap on demand, oh. on command? Yeah, I certainly no. couldn't. I could yeah. try it, but it wouldn't be where it, the ball wouldn't end up where I wanted it to do to be. It was say. effortless. That's exactly it, right? Like it looked like they weren't even trying. Like Ronaldinho would literally be even the way he'd do his step overs, like it was so effortless. And players would he had pr- players breaking their ankles. Like, yeah. And just mostly he, defi- he he defined the term breaking ankles. He, literally, yeah. everyone now uses the term breaking ankles because they're watching Ronaldinho break yeah. ankles literally literally oh yeah couple more quotes on Ronaldinho one one was a favorite of mine from Frank Lampard he said that he was a man that makes a difference between a team that plays well and another that is really memorable he alone can decide one game I had that one too that's so funny <laughs> because that's that's what made Ronaldinho memorable that game where they lost that Stamford Bridge like people don't remember that Barcelona lost that Stamford Bridge in the Champions League but that little toe digging into the into the field where he just swiveled his toe his ankle yeah, and that. shot past Petr Cech one of the best goalkeepers in Europe at the time yeah and the whole stadium went silent if anyone's listening to this and as we do when we recommend something to someone to watch watch Ronaldinho's goal against Chelsea at Stamford Bridge around 2004-2005 that was insane because he silenced an entire crowd just by a little shimmy um, from his boot which was insane oh. Ronaldinho and one fa- one one of my favorites obviously Henrik Larsson he basically just said this man was on a different level I just thought shout out Henrik Larsson once again Henry. who you didn't pick in your team I expected Henrik Larsson to be in, in one of your shout outs but he wasn't no because you you were shouting him out just enough we'll, we'll do a Henrik Larsson podcast next time that's all I'm saying <laughs> I'm, I'm a big fan of him um but yeah just before we wrap up the podcast can you just remind us of your team again Sarah from back to front for us please? from back to front with Gita in between the sticks uh Cafu Maldini Puyol Roberto Carlos Messi Kaka Xavi Iniesta and then R9 and Ronaldinho in the front sickening absolutely sickening <laughs> that front it's insane uh, <laughs> My back-to-front is Iker Casillas at the back. Then I've got Lilian Turam, Sergio Ramos, Marcel Desailly, and Eric Abadal as my back four. Then I've got a midfield of Luis Figo, Patrick Vieira, Zinedine Zidane, Frank Ribéry, with a strike force of Alessandro Del Piero and Thierry Henry up front. So we're going to see who has the best team in our social media pages. I'm really looking forward to seeing what the response is and realistically speaking i think it's another successful round of greatest teammates with yeah uh, you can't you can't be mad at this at all you cannot be mad this is just this is just pure joy I like, think Ron- it, yeah i think even if henrik larson listened to this podcast he'd be like yeah it's fine i don't blame you for putting ronaldo on nine in as well i don't know <gasps> what, i don't know when you it's like when you watch inception and in inception they say don't think about elephants then you think about elephants it's like i'm just mentioning henrik larson for the sake of mentioning Henry yeah, Larson. yeah, we'll, we'll be waiting to hear what he has to say. <laughs> Definitely. We need him on the podcast soon, which will be great. Um, but yeah, everyone, thank you very much for listening. It's been another fantastic uh, podcast to record. And we really like this series, so hopefully we'll continue with more ideas and concepts. I think next what we could do, if you would be down for it, is managers. Managers would be great. All-time Ancelotti 11. Ancelotti's a good one. He's been all over the place. All-time Jose Mourinho yeah, 11. Pep and Mourinho. Pep and Mourinho. I think we've got it. Sir Alex Ferguson and Ancelotti would be great as well. That would be really good too, actually. Sir Alex would just be Man United, actually. Um, We need another journeyman. Can't be too sure. It's not on this level. We'll think about it. But Pep and Mourinho would be insane. Very much like the Messi-Ronaldo one, which would be great. Um, But yeah, Sarah, thank you very much for your time as always. 
Um, what have you got planned for the rest of the season going ahead? Just so our listeners can hear a bit more from you. Uh, it's getting crazy. As you know, we're building up to the start of the Premier League and La Liga, both starting on Friday. You know what? I know we've had football. Like the, it's, the Women's World Cup is ongoing and we're covering that. Quarterfinals tonight, Spain and Netherlands. Let's go La Roja. But I have missed club football so much, so much. And this transfer window has been insane. So we'll be covering La Liga and Premier League especially very much so in the coming weeks and just continuously as it does. And of course, yeah, the Women's World Cup, I mean, you're, the lionesses are in it still. Nearly getting knocked out by Nigeria, dare I say it. But, I, w- uh, I, was, I was of the minority where I wanted Nigeria to win. I was like, you know what? They're playing much better than us. They deserve to go through. Yeah. And they didn't. That first penalty miss from them, I was like, oh my oh. God. That Lauren yeah. James stamp made me so angry. I'm like, you've been our best player this whole tournament and you have a moment of madness like that. We've seen it before with England players. They just have a moment of madness. And I'm just like, it insults you as a fan. You're like, you're doing so well. Why would you do that in the age of VAR? Why would you do that? It makes no Especially. sense to me. Yeah, um, no, it's strange because she has been fantastic for you. But yeah, now she's out for the next match. So we shall see. But um, yeah, lots coming up, just so much footy and it just, it never stops. So really excited. So um, big match this weekend, Chelsea and Liverpool. Yes. First weekend of the season, which would be great. Um, yeah. Hopefully you'll see us at different football games over the season as well, reporting and giving you match day vlogs, which would be great fun. And I predict that we'll have a good couple of football games to talk about before the end of the year as well, which will be great fun. Yes, I think so as well. I cannot wait. Definitely. But no, everyone, thank you very much for listening. Sarah, thank you very much for your time as always. Pleasure to speak to you. And we'll see you all next time. Take care and goodbye.